Thank you for tuning in to The Trisha Goyer Show. I'm sharing my heart and answering questions about faith, writing, homeschool, big family living, and so much more. I'll also be digging deep into meaningful conversations with other authors, speakers, moms, and God lovers. I'm your host, Trisha Goyer, wife to John, mom of 10, author of over 80 books, speaker, homeschooler, avid reader, and mega nap taker. I'm so glad you're here. Part of a special task force assigned to catch a serial killer targeting military families. Only he needs Ava Jackson's help to do so. When the killer turns aside on Ava, the investigation turns into a fight to survive. Best-selling author Lynette Easton's newest novel starts with a bang as secrets are revealed and the guilty are brought to justice. Purchase your copy of Hostile Intent wherever books are sold. Are you willing to invest your life in the next generation? Now, if you have kids or grandkids, I know the answer is yes. It's easy to say that we want to invest in our families, but often we don't know where to start. Desperate, we look for the right to-do list from either a speaker, a writer, or a coach. But the problem is that their list often doesn't work for our family. In fact, it simply makes us frustrated and overwhelmed. Are you there with me? I know this has been me before. So do you want to know why we have such a hard time following someone else's list? It's because God has a unique design for each family. What he has called your family to do is very different than what he's called our family to do. So currently I'm working on an online class with my friend Ken Blanchard, who's an amazing New York Times bestselling author. He's also an expert on management. I wrote this book in It was released in 2013, but we're doing a wonderful class on Lead Your Family Like Jesus. So Ken, over the years, has helped me as a mom to focus on leading my family well. Being a family leader is based on investment and discipleship. And just like leaders of companies guide their workers, we must do the same with our families. If we don't invest and disciple in our children, then the world will be quick to jump in and take over our job. If we don't direct our kids, they will choose others to follow. And well, where that leads up, that will lead to chaos. Proverbs 29.18 talks about this very thing. It says, where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. If you look around today on social media, on television, all the news, it's unrestrained people. They don't have a vision, and that's why it's so important for us to have a vision for our kids. We need to give our families direction. It's necessary for them to have a vision for the future. And one way to do that is to know these three things. First of all, our purpose as a family, our values as a family, and our picture of the future for our family. So today, I'm going to ask you these questions. What is your purpose? 
What are your values? What is the picture for your future? Can you write them down? I really encourage you to pause and to write those questions down and to think about them. If you're married, talk about them with your spouse. If you have older kids, talk about those things with your kids. I'm going to repeat these questions. Um, what is our purpose as a family? What are our values as a family? And what is our picture of the future as a family? So I recommend again, that you sit down and talk about these things. Now for us, the Goyers, this is what really resonates with us to serve God, to serve others, to grow hearts for ministry, to use our unique God-given talents, to be authentic in our relationships with others and with God, to know that we have a purpose in this world and to live our purpose so that God will be glorified. So putting it all together, um, if I were just to craft this into one family mission statement, this is what it says. We strive to be a family that serves God by serving others. Together, we will grow hearts for ministry using our unique God-given talents. We will be authentic in our relationships with others and with God. We trust that we have a purpose in the world and we will live our purpose so that God will be glorified through our lives and work. So having a mission statement really guides us as families to know what to say no to and to know what to say yes to. If we focus on serving together and spending time developing authentic relationships, which is really super important to us, um, then we say no to a lot of outside activities. Pretty much um, all those sign-up things everywhere we say no to. Knowing our family mission helps us to say no to sports or too many activities or groups or events because we know by saying no to those things we are saying to yes to God's bigger picture to us. So we can't do sports on the weekend because we're going to be at church. We're going to be serving together. Um, we're not going to be running from this practice to that practice every night because those authentic relationships with each other, spending times having dinner together and playing board games and reading books together is really important to us because we know when we're connected and authentic in our family, then we can welcome other people in and be connected to them also. So to live our family's purpose, we have also chosen to homeschool. Um, I've been homeschooling now for 27 years. Yeah, that's a long time. And today my guest Leslie Nennery and I will be talking about our call to teach our children at home and how doing this has helped us to disciple and invest in our kids. So if you homeschool, if you're interested in homeschooling, or you simply want to know more about it, listen in. If you've been thinking about homeschooling, but have been fearful to take the plunge, I think you're really going to be encouraged. Also know that probably 99% of all the people I talk to think I don't have it in me to homeschool. Yes, we all feel that way. So thankfully, God has shown me and he's shown Leslie and other homeschooling moms that where we are weak, he is strong. So homeschooling is a step of obedience. Homeschooling is an investment in the next generation. Homeschooling is discipleship, training our children to follow God. Homeschooling isn't just about what God wants us to do with our kids. It's about what he wants to do with us. So if you're ready to be inspired as a leader and a parent, I encourage you to listen in. 
Well, friends, I am so excited today to have my friend Leslie Nunnery here. Leslie and her husband, David, um, have the Teach Them Diligently conferences, and they do a podcast. They have an online group for homeschoolers that is just amazing. And I'm so glad that I connected with them years ago. And I just wanted to bring Leslie on to talk about her homeschooling journey. So welcome, Leslie. Thank you so much, Trisha. It is a great joy and always fun to be with you. I always love connecting with you and David, and I've loved getting to know you guys better over the years. But for those who are new to you, just tell us a little bit about yourselves. And then I would just love to hear how your homeschooling journey started. Oh, okay. Well, I would love to. I am uh, Leslie Nunnery, as you mentioned, married to David. We've been married now for 23 years. Uh, we have four children who are 21 down through 14. So I have three graduates now and one that is entering high school. Um, and so we've been homeschooling for like 12 years. I lose count, but it's somewhere in that, in that general area. <laughs> um, and, and I was a reluctant homeschooler. I was absolutely not, um, I didn't sign up for it from the beginning. I, I, that was not on my radar at all. Uh, and, and I wouldn't say that I was, um, antagonistic per se, but I certainly didn't understand it and really didn't want any part of it. Um, so we actually moved to Greenville, South Carolina, where we live now, specifically because there was a school that we wanted our kids involved in. So we were kind of in a transition spot where we could really kind of choose where we wanted to go. And we targeted the school and we moved here. There were several other reasons, but that was a big factor for mm -hmm. us. So all of our kids were in this school. It was great. It's a Christian school. Academically, it's excellent. I knew that the, the teachers and the leadership loved God, loved my kids. Um, I was involved as you know, a room mom and I was doing all this stuff. And, and I, I tell people I was living the dream. I was involved. I knew their <laughs> friends, you know, I mean, I, I could do all the crafty stuff. It was great. Um, and then when my oldest son was in third grade, the Lord just started impressing on my heart that our time with our children is so, so short. Mm -hmm. And that if I wanted to truly pass along my faith and, and the character and the really prepare them for what God had in store for them in the days ahead, that I needed to maximize every bit of that time and be willing to invest my life in preparing them. And that's where he kind of planted the seeds of homeschooling as a tool to do that. And I, I honestly argued with God for probably two months thinking, nope, that's, I'm hearing you wrong. But let's have this <laughs> conversation again. Um, you know, I, cause for one thing, I didn't want to talk to David about it. I thought he's going to think this is just another one of those big wild ideas that I get so obsessed about and, you know, go pin all the stuff. Cause I'm going to take, I'm going to do this thing now. Um, and so I really did put it off and just prayed about it. But the Lord would not let me get past that time, that investment, that discipleship aspect, that having my kids at school all day, even in a great situation, it, it was not afforded to me to be that involved in their lives. Like I really felt like I was called to be. So finally, with much trepidation, I, I approached David with the idea, you know, I've, I've really been kind of thinking about this and um, you know, I, I know you're probably going to think I'm crazy, you know, all the disclaimers that we tend to put out there, um, because I kind of convinced myself that 
my step of obedience is just bringing it up and then God will mm-hmm. use David to squelch it and then I'll be <laughs> done. I'll be, I'll, I will have done what I'm supposed to do and we can get back to life as normal. Um, but, but as it turns out, the Lord had been working in David's heart as well. Um, and he had been noticing at church that all the kids that he really wanted our kids to be friends with were all homeschooled. Mm. And so he had started thinking about it as well and how he wanted the family dynamic. And, and again, that, that, that aspect of discipleship and, and strengthening our children's faith all along the way that God had been dealing with him as well. And so we decided to pray about it together, which really at that point was kind of a moot point because God had already led us there. So we did pray about it together, felt very confident that that was the step that God wanted us to take. Um, And so at the beginning of our children's fourth grade year, now the kids, when we approached them, they wanted to start second semester. They were super excited um, about doing it, which for for little kids probably is indicative that they thought it was going to be all field trips and not really doing school. Right. I got to sleep in. Exactly. Exactly. But they, they wanted to do it right away. I really was still just not there. I needed time. I wanted to do some research. I wanted to learn a little bit. So we started at the beginning of my oldest son's fourth grade year, and we've been homeschooling ever since. Um, and another part of, of the story that I think is so amazing is I would have never known at that point in my life that taking that simple act of faith of saying, yes, I'll homeschool, you know, whether it be for one year or whatever, yes, I will do this, God that God would use that simple act of faith to fundamentally change the trajectory of our life because yeah. he, he called us to start a ministry to homeschool families literally at the end of our first year of homeschooling, which is insane to me because we knew nothing. We knew nobody. We were so green. And yet that's when God chose to, to mobilize us and put us in to teach them diligently um, and then he he gave us opportunity to take the kids abroad, and we've started preschools in Poland. We've we've been to all of these places doing mission work and and volunteer work and stuff, and and it's just been amazing how that one simple step of obedience has impacted so many things that we would have never ever imagined. That is so amazing. Okay, so there's so many things that you said that I want to launch off on, but <laughs> I, let's let's go with what you just said like the things that we never expected um, because we have been able to go, you know, go on mission trips with our kids. We've been able to, they've been with me on research trips when I've gone in my books and my daughter's getting ready to have her second baby. She's a missionary in the Czech Republic. I was just Mm -hmm. telling my husband last night, like, what if we took the little kids and we homeschooled and we stayed there a couple of weeks? I mean, these are things that we never would have the opportunity to do. And I think so many times when people first start, thinking about homeschooling of course so thinking about the academics what curriculum should I buy um, but I think God can really open the doors to us exploring our talents as a family mm-hmm. our gifts as a family our ministry as a family because we are not bound by having to drop our kids off at seven thirty, pick them up at three o'clock Monday through Friday we can take our ministry into the world in different ways. So I would just love, I mean, you, you talked a little bit about that, but I would love to hear, cause I know that's a passion of yours about how to train up our kids and raise up our kids in real life ways as we're reaching out and serving other people. Cause I've seen your kids at conventions. I've <laughs> been so impressed by them coming up and can I help you with something? I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> like I love, I love that, you know, your experience 
in supporting homeschoolers has been really a training grounds for your kids also. Yeah, it's, it's, God is just so good. He is so, so good. And we are so grateful. Um, but our, our view of things is so limited and so small. Um, and, and often Satan will use fears to keep us from doing things that God is calling us to do because Satan has seen through the years, you know, mm-hmm. he has a, a long history of seeing when God is calling somebody to do something, God usually uses that to do something even bigger. So um, I, I really do believe that's why Satan causes so much fear and panic and, and focusing on all the hard stuff at the beginning um, to try to trip people up because God does use that time that you're investing in your children, both academically and relationally and discipleship wise and experience wise and all of these things to open doors that we would have never, Mm -hmm. we wouldn't have written the story that way. Um, And so the one thing that I would, I would really want to encourage moms and dads that are looking at homeschooling and, you know, how can I get to the point where we're doing this stuff together and we're, we're actually character training and work ethic training, all of these things, it actually happens by just faithfully interacting day in, day out, what your priorities are, are going to become their priorities because that you're who they see. Um, So I was actually just thinking way back when my kids were younger, um, I, I started doing something with them because it seemed like a good idea at the time, which I know now in hindsight was God answering prayers way back then, but I couldn't see it at the time. But I started coming in every morning before we would start our homeschool day. And I was telling them what God taught me in my devotions that day. Mm. And we would just talk about it and and just little tidbits. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't giving them sermons every morning, but what I was doing was I was impressing on them the importance of being in God's word, the, the habit of it, the, you know, this is a daily, you get, and you, you drink from the fountain and you, you get close to God every day. Um, and, and as they got older, they started sharing what God was teaching them. And it, to watch them mature in their relationship was amazing because um, it goes from very Sunday school, Jesus, God, you know, answers all the way up to, to we've had conversations with our kids that blow me away. But it started simply by me modeling and David mm-hmm. as well, modeling just faithful things day in and day out. Because I realized, again, in my rearview mirror, looking back, that their whole view of how a Christian acts came from how their mom and dad as Christians acted. Mm. What was important to us? What, what did we do day in and day out? And so as you're serving your neighbor, as you are talking to people, as you're interacting, as you're showing God's love, as you're caring, as you're anything that you're doing, you are actually passing on to your kids. We heard um, when David and I were young parents, a, a Sunday school teacher made the comment, you teach what you know, but you reproduce who you are. And that's where I think homeschooling really, really shines because we are able to reproduce in our children who we are. So we better make sure that who we are is what we would want to pass on to our kids as well. Oh, that's so good. And I think yeah, when people think of homeschooling, of course, they're thinking about like I said, the curriculum, these, what the schedule is going to look like, but these kids are with us morning through night. They're seeing Mm -hmm. how we act, how we interact, what we put as priorities in our lives, how we spend our time. Um, And I think that does uh, open up 
so much uh, for good or bad. Let's ho- let's lean towards right. the good in this way, but opens up opportunities for them to see things differently. When we uh, were homeschooling, God clearly called me to help start a crisis pregnancy center because I thought I didn't have time for this. Um, mm. I was uh, homeschooling. I was just starting to get stuff published and my pastor approached me and I told him I'd pray about it. And very clearly as I prayed about it, because I had been, you know, faced crisis pregnancy as a teen, God said, yes, I want you to do this. I would take my kids and we would go to the pregnancy center. We would help fold diapers. We would be, I would have meetings and they're there day in and day out. And I remember when my daughter was um, going to be wanting to be a missionary. She's like, I feel God saying that I don't need to raise any money that he's going to provide every penny. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, you know, can't we do like a spaghetti dinner or something? And she's like, no, God's going to provide. She's like, mom, I saw you at the pregnancy center. Like God Mm -hmm. gave you guys a house to, you know, to have your center in. And he gave you this. He's like, she's like, God will provide. And all those times where I thought I'm just like, I'm homeschooling, which is the focused on the kid part and then I'm doing these other things and I'm just dragging what I thought dragging my kids along um that was part of God's schooling for my children that I didn't even realize and they became you know ones that love people and serve people and and are willing to sit down and have a conversation with hurting people because they were there when I was sitting down to have a conversation with hurting people and we just think it's about this little few hours of school time when we're educating them but God's like that is just such a small uh, part of what this whole experience is all about absolutely his plans for us are so much bigger he tells us uh, in in Deuteronomy, the passage that our ministry is is based off of, that we're to teach our children diligently as we talk, as we talk, and you know, as we're doing laundry, as we're cleaning up the kitchen, as we're ministering to others, as we're taking a walk in the neighborhood and just talking to neighbors, we are actually teaching our children diligently through all of those times, um, and and it's it's exciting, it's um, it's hopeful, you know, God. Just because you don't feel like you can teach algebra doesn't mean that God isn't using you to impact your children in a very, very profound way. Um, so, so yeah, it's it's so much bigger than we would have imagined, but it's also so natural, you mm-hmm. know. It's it comes through having conversations. You, know, you all talk to your kids about the way that he met your needs, or or whatever. We talk to our kids about you know, the way that God is working and in, in difficult times, you know, we're able to say, we trust God for this. And then our children are able to not just take comfort in the moment, but that's building that trust in them as well, because they're going to see, wow, God sustained mom and dad through this. So he will take care of me as well. Um, so I love how Leslie had shared that with you. Um, because again, that was that I'm sure that was just built through conversations, natural conversations with people that you love day in and day out yeah it's so good and to see it's so natural yeah and to see that that those those little things that we thought were just added on just added on to our schedule Mm -hmm. were actually the training tools that God used to train up the kids for what his plans were for them right right um yeah it's 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 just it's a very comforting thing that God in his wisdom created the family unit to be the primary place of learning. And, and we start when they're young. We're, we're the ones that taught them their, you know, their colors and, and how to do this and how to do that. And we sang the ABC song and all of these things. So we were teaching our children before we even recognized what we were doing, because ultimately 
as their mom or their dad, whether by birth or by choice, God created us to teach them diligently. Um, so, so there's a lot of freedom that comes in that as well. Absolutely. Recognizing our call from the time they were, they were put into our family. Absolutely. And it's just continuing, continuing that call in areas that, that are just a natural outflow of the yep. way we're living our lives. That's so good. When is the last time you read young adult fiction? Now, I recently just finished Death by Kara Swanson, and I literally was blown away. Now, it was vibrant, it was memorizing, and I have to say, I was so impressed. Now, the story is the truth about Neverland told with a different twist. Claire Kenton believes the world is too dark for magic to be real since her twin brother was stolen away as a child. Now Claire's desperate search points to London and a boy who shouldn't exist. Now, I found myself so caught up in this retelling of Peter Pan. And even if you don't read young adult fiction like me, I think you're really going to love it. So I want to go back to us as those early homeschool moms, <laughs> because I am, I always think of when I think back, so worried about so many things, <laughs> so I picture yes. myself, and I just remember buying the hugest box of curriculum, I thought it was, I, saw, I think I saw like an ad in a magazine, I don't even know if it's a homeschool magazine, and I, I love curriculum developers, I love the heart of the people, <laughs> but I, it just, the overwhelmingness as a mom to sit down like because you know growing up in public school thinking everything had to be done every answer had to be written and my poor oldest child who was five at the time that I would just like get so frustrated he would be so overwhelmed so that was my experience when I first got started so looking back like what are things uh, maybe that that you struggled with when you first started and things that you have learned along the way when it came to homeschooling you know, one of the one of the things that's such a joy uh, being older now and kind of being in a role where I talk to an awful lot of young homeschoolers and 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 try to encourage and stuff, the things that they're struggling with are the exact same things yes, that you exactly. and I struggled with. It's like the exact same lather, rinse, repeat. We're just doing it all over again. Um, and and so, but but the cool thing is we're now able to look back and say it's going to be okay. So for those struggles that people have, whether it be, you know, I'm not like you alluded to, I've got all this curriculum and we're not getting through half of it in a day. Um, what I want to do, because there's these detours and, mm-hmm. and Johnny wants to do this and I get pulled off or, you know, whatever it is. Um, and you're so worried about gaps and things that are left off and, and, I really think that gaps in education is a, a lie propagated by the public school system yeah, <laughs> because, because the reality is as you're teaching your children and as they're going through whatever kind of course of study they're using, they're learning the same basic things over and over and over and over again. And as they mature, they're picking up more and more of it. Right. So, so the, the beautiful thing of kind of looking back is you're able to see that all of these things that you taught them all along the way actually takes root and they kind of start running 
when they're mature enough to, to kind of put it all together. It's, it's not unlike, you know, toilet training or walking or whatever. Your child gets to the point where it just clicks. They're just ready to go. Um, and so, but for us having a front row seat for all of those struggles and all of the things that they don't seem to get. And, you know, I'm obviously not teaching him right because he still can't do this multiplication or whatever mm -hmm. it is. Mm -hmm. um, just the, the ability to look back and say, well, first of all, my kids that I was, my boys, especially that in middle school, I was pretty sure weren't going to be able to do anything academically ever <laughs> have, now, have now not only graduated from high school, but they're doing really well in college. Mm -hmm. They, you know, they, all of that stuff came together. And, you know, sometimes we look, we see their education, like the backside of a tapestry is just ugly. And there's so many loose threads and stuff, but, but God is weaving it all together. And just to give the hope that there's not gaps that if, as you're faithfully doing your work every day, and, and there is a the faithfulness to it. I, I don't want anyone to take right. that and say, oh, well, we don't have to do anything. You know, there is faithfully doing your work, but, but, but trusting that those detours are so important, like we were talking about earlier, that that's where you're really instilling everything from character to faith to truly a love of learning by letting a lot of the detours are going deeper into something that really intrigues them, right? So, so letting all of that stuff naturally take place, God is going to, to tie all of those things together and your children will be so much more prepared than you would have ever imagined when they finally walk across that stage to get their diploma. Absolutely. And I love how you mentioned the detours because, you know, I would think, oh, well, we can't go look that up right now because we have to finish this worksheet or this page. Yeah, yeah. And I think over time I've realized like that, if a kid is asking questions and they're intrigued, then go with it. Like, yes, you might, it might, you might only get through half of the curriculum, which another thing, when I speak at conferences, I always say the curriculum is your guide, not your boss. It is to right. guide you. It's to inspire you, but follow those detours because that is what your, your child, like you said, is going to love learning. They're going to want to dig deeper they're, they're going to explore and they're going to remember those things because that's what's interesting to them. And so yes. follow those detours, go along with it. And like you also said, the, the subjects rotate. They're going to do biology in first grade, fourth grade, eighth grade, yep. you know, a 12th grade or whatever it is. They're, they're the same cycles where you're just building and building and building. And so if you feel like you're missing something now, you will be have a chance to come back and, and build on those things. And then we're also able to explore our children's strengths mm -hmm. and what they, what they really are gifted in. Of course, we don't want to neglect even, you know, those hard things. We still want to teach them and and help them in those areas but one of the one of the things that um I laugh about all the time is we're a word family we're reading aloud books we're exploring we're writing yes. stories for fun um all of my kids will say you know when I go to speaking conferences you tell them we had to start at the very basic math when we got to college and I'm like yes <laughs> you did but you all have college degrees now don't you like you they had to start yeah. at you know what math 101 I don't know whatever it is at, at when they got to college but um I was laughing because our third son on the first day he was heading out to college, I realized like I never taught him how to do a five paragraph essay because mm -hmm. we'd always been like creative writing and mythical, not mythical stories, but like he, he loves like fantasy stories and these Christian yeah. themes woven in and he would write all this stuff. And I'm like, Nathan, before you go, I need to talk to you about writing a five paragraph <laughs> essay. We never did that. He's like, mom, it'll be fine. I'm like, no, you can't go to college until we do this. He's like, mom, it'll be fine. And the first day he comes home 
and he's I'm like what are you what are you doing in you know your English class and he's like mom she's teaching us how to do a five paragraph essay and I realized like oh they actually do teach them things yeah. in college like they, we don't have to teach them everything but the fun part is that two weeks in he got asked to be part to tutor in the writing lab hmm. so he was tutoring he was a freshman 18 years old at our state university he was tutoring people upperclassmen on their papers because he had such a good grasp of colorful language because we always did this fictional writing and so what your strengths are will help your kids in different ways sometimes when your weaknesses are they might have to you know start at math 101 (laughs) but they will learn and they're gonna if you teach them to love learning that really makes a huge difference in the type of people they're going to be. It does. And I actually did a, a video with my three older kids recently for Teach Them Diligently 365, which is our membership site. Um, and it was I was throwing out to them questions that were posed by members. Mm-hmm. And I was so amazed by their answers on so many things. But one of the things that really struck out that's pertinent now, my oldest son talked about how Um, you know, he found that one of the biggest skills that he has is he knows how to go look for information. So if there is something that he struggles with, or he doesn't feel like he's prepared for that something comes up in the class, and he feels like he's not quite there, he knows how to go research and find and kind of fill that gap himself. So, so he has been mobilized to actually drive his own ship in that way. And honestly, with that child in particular, if you would have asked me if he was an independent learner, even as a senior in high school, I would have laughed at you because <laughs> I mean, it was still pulling an elephant every day. And yet somehow along the way, he got the skills that he needed to when that maturity kicked in and he, he now is, you know, kind of working towards something that makes sense to him. Um, he knows how to fill in those gaps himself. And that is, that's how we're really equipping them for life too. Yeah. And I think because um, they have to be part of their educational process more, you know, they have to discover things and learn things. They're not afraid of trying and failing and trying again and learning something else. I remember, um, you know, when our kids graduated from high school, um, homeschool high school in Montana when we lived there uh, uh, foreign language is not a required um, thing so we like we barely got through like we I think we did a co-op class of German and Spanish like we did, but it was like yeah. so minimal and then my daughter ends up becoming a missionary after she mm-hmm. had her bachelor's degree she moved to the Czech Republic she's now fluent in Czech and I thought like I thought I was a failure as a mom because we never did foreign language study you know we never put enough time into it and God's like yeah. I got this like she is living there I'll, I'm just amazed I'll be like on a video call with her and she'll be talking to her neighbor out the window and she's just rattling off these yeah. like words and I'm like that is so amazing how often as homeschool moms we think I'm not doing this good enough I'm failing them but the fact that we're they're part of the education that, you know, I'd often go to the library and they'd pick out books they're interested in. They'd help me pick out curriculum that they're interested in. They're learning to enjoy learning and to realize that it can be something that they can do on their own. When they become adults, like you were saying, they can find the information they need. They can study yeah. things that interest in them. And it's not like, Ooh, that's too hard. I don't like reading. I don't want to do these things. It becomes part of who they are. Oh, absolutely. And, and even in that story of your daughter, you wouldn't have picked Czech. 
They, no, they, ever. Yeah, they, she would not have been learning that language, and yet God knew that's where she would be planted. Um, so again, I just I think it's so amazing to step back and to see how much bigger God's plans are for our kids and for our families than we would have ever ever imagined. All right. So as we're wrapping this up, I want you to think about those when you know them and I know them because we we see them at the conferences and we get the emails and the messages those homeschool moms that are maybe just a couple years in or just started that feel like I must be doing something wrong I'm not doing a good job my kids struggling and what encouragement would you just speak to that that homeschool mama today just to to remind her that everything's gonna be okay yeah yeah you know I would I I would encourage you, like I, it's always where I turn, is to really, really understand why you're doing what you're doing. Because mm. if there is a bigger purpose there than a math worksheet that is causing tears in the moment, mm-hmm. that that gives you context for, for all the other stuff that you're doing. So take the time to to really pray and ask God, why do you have me on this journey? You know, you may have already done that. You may have had a very clear leading and you know, so rehearse that to yourself. God, you called me to do this because, or we are working on this because. Um, so, so first of all, kind of reminding yourself in those moments of why you're doing it, because there is a bigger picture here than the struggle that you're having in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, just I, I trust the process yeah. Trust that God is going to work through that. But also recognize when you need to break away. When I was, when I had younger kids and, and we would be in the middle of this, I did a number of things that when I would get to what I deemed the end of my rope, <laughs> um, I would mix things up. Either I would call school off for a week or something, just a reboot. I just, right. my, my house was so much of a disaster zone that I couldn't even think anymore. So we're not doing school until this is fixed. Or um, I would I would inject a unit study because I was just bored. I was mm-hmm. bored of doing the same thing every day. And so my assumption has always been if I am bored, they are too. <laughs> so yeah. we would, you know, we would stop and do something different or take a, a big field trip. Just mix it up a little bit because sometimes sometimes when you're really super discouraged, just a little difference will clear your vision a lot and and give you back that spark that excitement that you you've always otherwise had for what you're doing um so so and and then I would encourage you to talk to other moms I I wish more young moms would come up and ask questions of older moms um and I know that there's a lot of kindness and you don't want to bother us and this that and the other but, and quite frankly, we should be seeing you. So this goes both ways. I'm not trying to isolate one or the other, but, but come up and ask older moms to, to share with you what they learned. Let them give you their experience. One of the best things that I ever did was talk to a, an older mom at my church when I was thinking about homeschooling, because this lady not only gave me all this practical insight on homeschooling, but she also knew my kids because she had taught three of them in Sunday school as they were growing up. So mm. she was able to say, oh, and I think Camden would really like this about it, and Peyton this, and Lizzie Gray this. And and so so actually asking someone who is older than you, a little farther along in their journey, whatever, for advice is encouraging to them because we all, all of us homeschool moms like to talk homeschooling and share what we've learned. Um, so, so that won't be putting them out. 
but but also you're going to be encouraged because you'll see how how things can look from people who actually know what your family dynamic is. Um, so, so that would be my encouragement for you. That's so good. And I love being willing to just ask homeschool moms that have been doing it a while for advice. Um, I remember talking to one homeschool mom and I was just getting started and I was, one of my kids was struggling with probably reading. I don't know. I can't remember what it was. And she said, you know, if there's something that they just doesn't seem like it's clicking, wait six months. And yep. I'm like, but this is supposed to be first grade curriculum. She's like, just wait six months. If they're not ready for it, you're going to spend a lot of time fighting. And then, you know, I put something aside six months later, try it again. And it came easier. They were, they were ready for it. Their, their mind was ready to learn whatever subject that is. And, you know, cross out the grade level stuff that you buy and just mm-hmm. go with where your child is. And that's been especially important for me um, since some of our kids adopted kids are special needs it's like I'm not even going to look at what grade level this is where we're at and this is what they're able to do and we're just going to go with that um and then amazing all of a sudden they'll they'll pick up and they'll learn things when we give them the time and the space for them to develop to be able to do that so so much good advice and it's always so encouraging to hear from you and to talk with you and I love the podcast and all 365 so I want you to spend some time and just let homeschoolers know how they can connect with you and what you have to offer so between the conferences and the membership and the podcast there is so much information and encouragement so just take some time and and share all that they can get well thank you so much for that um yeah you know god called us to start teach them diligently and we had such a small vision for what he wanted to do with it um We've been having conferences now. Next year is our 10th year of having conferences. And through that time, he has really created something that's well beyond our imagination. We have, um, like like you noted, we have conferences um, that are in-person live mm-hmm. events with a lot of speakers, a lot of resources, a lot of other people that give you the chance to attend workshops and talk to experts and and just talk to other families that are, that are walking the same path you are. You're able to see that you're not alone. There's a sea of people who look and act and think just like you. And it's so encouraging. And it's not something that you can replicate in any way other than actually physically going to a conference and, and getting that experience. Yeah. Um, so, so we do conferences and next year, right now we have two big conferences planned, one in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, and one in Round Rock, Texas. And then we're working on some smaller, um, more intimate conferences to meet needs in other areas as well. But, um, I would encourage you to check that out on our website. Um, because I, I really do believe that we have undervalued gathering together, yeah. learning together, growing together. And that's something that as a homeschool community, we really, really need to get back to. Um, so, so we have our events. Then several years ago, we started a resources community where we took all of the audio workshops from our events and made them available. And that was great. But then over the years, the Lord has taken that start of a resources community and access to all of this this content, and he has built an amazing community around it. So now we have literally thousands of women who are members of Teach Them Diligently 365. And some some dads are in there as well, but, but a lot of the community is built around women. Um, and we have community groups and discussion groups and you know, a special needs group and a curriculum chat group and all of this stuff where people are sharing ideas, they're mentoring one another, they're, they're locking arms and growing together. And it's so exciting to see 
Um, with that, that membership site, that membership group, we also have monthly mom's nights where we get together and we talk uh, together for a little while. And then we break up into our community groups where they will literally hang out until two in the morning. Sometimes I go to bed way early. <laughs> You're like, I'm leaving y'all. <laughs> Good night, you youngins. I'm out of here. Um, but, but it's been amazing to see how that has all taken place. And then out of all of that community, we've started doing together retreats through for members where we've just gone into areas and either had it at someone's house or rented an Airbnb and, you know, 15, 20 moms come together, spend two and a half days, just talking and eating a whole lot of food and laughing and praying together and sharing our hearts and, and really getting refreshed and, and refocused so we can go back and truly be the moms that God has called us to be. Um, so that's all happening in 365. We, uh, like you alluded to, we have a podcast that comes out twice a week. Um, it's called the Teach Them Diligently or Homeschooling Families podcast. Um, and I would love for you to check that out. You can stream that easily through our app that has 365 in it, all the discussion groups, everything is available for, you know, accessible through the Teach Them Diligently app. Um, and it's super easy to follow the podcast that way. Um, and then finally, I've written a course called Heart School that actually takes all of, you know, kind of what we believe about homeschooling and the teach them diligently method, for lack of a better term, of using homeschooling as a great tool for discipleship and growing your family. And I've created this course called Heart School um, that will kind of walk you through 15 lessons with workbook and, and just really helping you think through foundationally why you do what you do. And then once you do that, how you engage your children in the mission and make sure you're on the same page with your spouse. And then, then you take all of that foundational stuff and how does that play out in the nuts and bolts, choosing curriculum, organizing your day mm -hmm. and so on. So so that's the heart school course that's available. But, um, but you know, just ultimately we are here to serve families and interact and try to, to encourage families all year long. And that's, that's how God has kind of called us to do it. And we're just so grateful. I love it so much. And I have just enjoyed being part of the conventions and on the podcast. I mean, I find such joy just being there with both those that attend and the other speakers. So you're oh, right. Yeah. There's nothing like just gathering together um, that you just kind of get the uplift that you need. So everything that Leslie talked about, you can find it at teachthemdiligently.net. And we'll have the links in the show notes, of course, but also the app. You could just search for Teach Them Diligently. I have the app on my phone. I just saw yesterday that my friends Todd and Brooke Tillman have a podcast release on there that I want to listen to. Um, so I love that you're I would just pull up the app and I know everything is there that I need. Um, and so, yeah, be sure to check it out. We'll have the links to everything in the show notes. But Leslie, thank you so much for being here. And thank you for all that you and David are doing to encourage homeschoolers. Well, thank you so much, Trisha. It was a joy. What is the worth of a soul to Christ? Is it the same now as it was 2,000 years ago? In Pillars of Barabbas, author M.D. House shows how the times of the early Christian church differ little from our own, including the treacherous moral and political waters Christ's saints have always had to navigate with Christ's abiding help. Order this powerful testimonial, Pillars of Barabbas, on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. 
and fill the inspiring legacy left to us by those faithful followers of the Savior, Jesus Christ. for tuning in to the Trisha Goyer Show. I hope you received help and inspiration. That's what I'm here for. Now remember, if you would like to submit a question, email it to hello at trishagoyer.com and I can't wait until we connect again.